0: Before we begin, I'm bringing you one of my favorite things. And it's much like Oprah's favorite things, her list of favorite things, minus Oprah. And I am drinking right now liquid IV. It is a healthy, Fix for dehydration. And I am obsessed with drinking water. I'm telling you, ask my husband. Literally, I put his name on a water bottle. I check in with, in with him to make sure that he's drinking his water. I put in liquid IV. I'm telling you, he is a toddler. I am a toddler. It helps us make, it makes us drink way more water. So one stick in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two to three times faster than water alone. Plus, you're also getting vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12 which we all know do amazing things for your body. If you're dehydrated, try it. Liquid IV is the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. It provides the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water. It fuels tough workouts, which I am doing a lot of at home right now. It prevents muscle fatigue. It promotes healthy post-recovery. It also has five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And you guys, I have a dog named Bananas, but I don't eat bananas, so I don't want all the sugar. I actually just want to get it all from this packet, which I'm getting. So it's healthier than traditional sugary sports drinks. There's no artificial flavors or preservatives. You guys, it's 25% off when you go right now to liquidiv.com and use my code HAPPY. H-A-P-P-Y at checkout. So that's 25% off anything that it's anything that you order on their site. So liquidiv.com. And all you have to do is enter the promo code happy, and you're going to save 25% off of hydration. And I hope what I do is give you 100% of feeling awesome back by drinking way more water, helping your workouts, helping your brain function. i it's gonna it's a trickle down effect, you guys. It's going to help your relationships. It's going to help your business. You got to drink more water. So if it takes flavoring your water because you're a toddler like me, you guys literally need to do this. So try it. I'm obsessed. I use um, the acai flavor is my absolute favorite, Um, but they also have a ton of other amazing things. And I'm telling you, it is freaking awesome. Go try it. Go check it out. Okay, let's get started. And I
1: think that's what drives me as a coach too, is I don't want any man, woman, to ever feel like they aren't phenomenal enough to create whatever life it is they're looking to achieve.
0: Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur and author. Here we go. Oh, hey, yo. So excited you are back. I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am about this person that I got to interview. It's one of those people who all of a sudden, like once your blinders are off, you're like, where's this person been my entire life? Like, Once I heard about her, she couldn't get off of my radar. I started seeing her everywhere. And when I talk to people, they're like, how did you not know who this person was? And now I do. And I'm so grateful. She has impacted my life in such a massive way. You are going to fall in love with her. For me, it was literally love at first sight because when I met her, it was an immediate connection. She is like the girlfriend that you have always wanted. She is so incredibly empowering. I got to speak at one of her live events and I'm telling you, who you are is who you attract because the second I walked through the doors and I talked a little bit about this on the podcast... The second I walked through the doors to her event, I just felt like I was at home. I got treated like I had been a part of their friends and family for so long. I was mind blown at just the level of caring and uh, connection that was created immediately at her event. So my guest today is... Brit Siva. She's the original business and marketing strategist for hairstylists. After spending years behind the chair as an assistant stylist and salon director, she realized that cosmetology school left one major area out, and that was business education. So she left her job as a seven-figure salon director... And she blew the industry away when she began coaching salon owners in 2010. She launched her trademark hairstylist business education program, Thrivers Society, in 2014. So over the past nine years, she's coached thousands of stylists, salon owners to build wealthy businesses and lives behind the chair. She's determined to empower 1 million six-figure stylists while changing the perception of the entire beauty industry. She hosts an iTunes podcast called The Thriving Stylist Podcast. And when she's not helping to educate and elevate in the beauty industry, she is making dinner for her toddler her teenage daughter, her paramedic husband, and she also spends Sunday morning snuggled with her pups and the latest business book, which sounds like my absolute perfect dream day. You guys, this podcast, I don't care where you are in your business or your life. This is like real, real, real good stuff. Like just juicy, soul-filling conversation. And let me tell you, if you have an idea or a business idea You want to be getting your business advice from people who are crushing it. And this girl is absolutely um, her most authentic self, shares it all, tells it all. I'm going to stop talking. Let's get started. Britt, I'm so excited to be able to actually sit down and have a conversation with you because the last time I talked to you was actually pretty much just on stage at your event. I completely. And
1: I am so honored to be here, Lori. I just resonate with your message so much. And that's so funny because we really did meet for the first time backstage at <laughs> my event. and it, But it felt like we'd also been lifetime friends. It was like instant click. I just loved your energy and I'm honored to be here.
0: Oh my, that is literally... The best. There are people in life who come into your life and, you know, sometimes I have those people where maybe in the beginning I'm like, eh, I'm not sure about them. And you're like a little wary just because they're maybe too similar to you and then your best friend's down the road. And then there are people who right away you immediately are like, oh no, I feel like I have known this person before. Like I just, it's just crazy. Like your energy just melds immediately. And that's how I felt with you. I was like, I am so comfortable with her. And honestly, the moment I walked into your event, which you guys, if you don't know, Britt has these incredible events, um, Thriver Society live. And I don't know how many women were there. It felt like 500 women. It was a very large room. And it was the most welcoming, most loving, most beautiful community of what are, what are they? They are um, uh, beauty professionals. Is that correct?
1: I love how you say that. Yes. Hairstylists and salon owners, but we love to be called beauty professionals. That's exactly
0: right. So beauty f- professionals. And truly, I, here's why I love this industry so much as well we're just going to we're going to go here for a moment is because some people may on the outside be like beauty professionals what does that mean like okay are we doing do we own salons what are we what are we doing and i think that you are all doing such deep transformational work i can tell you that i know that the planet is shifting sometimes much more through the chair of being in a salon because people are actually open and sharing and when you can have somebody who is nurturing you and doing your hair who actually has very shifting beautiful things to say instead of negativity that changes everything like it li- literally really does and i feel like we have so much power in that industry to shift the way that women are um so i was like super giddy excited to get in that room and talk because i also think it can be the place that can be you know a bit Toxic, but it can also be the oh, most powerful place.
1: Completely. And I think that my industry in particular has the reputation of being very toxic, but my tribe specifically is energetically so aligned. And it, it makes my heart feel so good that you felt it like you were in alignment with our energy big time. But this was a room of, like you said, 500 beauty professionals who realize that for a lot of their clients, they're a lifeline. Like seeing a hairdresser can be a really intimate experience. For some people, it's the only human touch they see at all. Mm-hmm. And people will talk to their hairdressers about things they wouldn't even tell their partner, They'll tell their best friend. And so our responsibility to serve those clients in a big way goes so far and beyond the highlights, so far beyond the extensions. And it really is, you know, this very deep connection with everybody who joins us. So to be able to create an event in the community where we kind of mind, body, soul elevate the industry overall has just been such an honor for me. I I feel so blessed to be a leader
0: in the industry. Oh my God, I love that. And isn't that the truth? Like if you if you wash my hair well, like you're gonna learn things about me. Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) It's the truth, right? Do you know that there's actual scientific studies related to touch and honesty? So, oh my God. So it's like goes hand in hand with your industry. Like with, um, I learned this through, there was some um, like child psychologists that had come and spoke at this event that I was at. And they were talking about how, you know, getting like having your child share truthfully about, uh, to you about maybe a circumstance that happened or if you're trying to get the truth out of them or your partner like to be able to touch them on the shoulder or their hand or any like physical touch makes you more truthful.
1: That is fascinating. I mean, I believe it now that you're saying it, I almost have this rush of memories of times when that's happened. But it's like a simple touch on the shoulder or a touch on the hand when you're trying to connect with somebody. It's like an energy exchange. It changes the entire tone of the conversation. It almost like aligns your hearts instantly. It's crazy.
0: It, it is fast connection. I can think of all the moments right now where I have been in the chair where they kind of put their hands on your shoulder while you're discussing yeah. what you want to do. And you're creating that bond, right? And it really is through those moments that it's just, we your industry has the power to completely shift people. So I want to know what it is that you do for people who are kind of like, okay, does she have events? Like, what is, What's going on right now? Because I don't think a lot of people know that there is someone like you in a community like yours for the beauty industry. So tell me how it started and what you do.
1: Agreed. I'm kind of like the industry's best kept secret. That's not trying to be too much of a secret,
0: but I <laughs> like, always... I don't want to be a secret. No, I don't. Want you're to be not at all by the way, but yes, you, people will learn a lot more about you very soon.
1: And it's the funniest thing Lori, because I think my industry is so plagued with the idea that you can't want to make money, which mm. is so crazy There, we still very much. It's like, well, you can't say you're a hairstylist because you want to make money. That to me is BS. I know, I know we do this because it makes us feel good. And it makes our clients feel good. And we get to be creative and amen to that. Like what a blessing that we have in a career that allows us to do those things. But we want to make money and we want to learn to run a business. And it is okay to be a confident man or woman who wants those things. And so me talking like this is very new to my industry. It's almost been like a little bit taboo Mm. to bring business knowledge to an industry that for so long was kind of like, Very mom and pop shop, kind of, you know, kitchen cosmetologist. I'm a hairstylist. I don't have to take finances so seriously. You know, a lot of things can be pencil whipped. And for the first time ever, And challenging my industry to really step up and save for retirement and, and run a business to budget and know if your prices are in alignment and learn how to use social media, not just for fun, but for profit. Mm. And so I've been teaching stylists since 2015 is when Thriver Society launched digitally. I launched in 2012 locally here in the Bay Area. But for nearly a decade, I've been teaching stylists and salon owners to build a truly scalable business model that they love, that like feeds their soul, makes them happy, but also helps them to live their wealthiest, best, well-rounded lifestyle.
0: Mm, okay. So tell me why though, because I, I've i heard this story over and over because obviously I've gotten my hair done for many, many years. Um, and I know that it has been like the story for so many of the stylists that I've worked with, that they are exhausted they 're tired, yeah. they have to work so much, their hands start to have issues they're because they're working so much they're in the chemicals non stop like they are they're exhausted and they are getting like unloaded on by multiple people, like maybe they don 't have the clients they want they don 't even know how to get the clients they want, like they feel very at the mercy of you know, their people and how many clients they have. So they feel like they can't quit. So can you tell me the story of like why you stepped in to confront such a taboo subject for people in this industry?
1: Completely. I saw... So I was a stylist from 2007 to 2009, just for a couple of years. And then I really shifted to the business and marketing side. That's where my natural affinity was. But I watched my co-stylist who exactly like you said, at 27, 28, 29 years old, developed carpal tunnel so bad or Mm. allergies to ammonia so bad that they couldn't even be stylists anymore, Mm. which is wild at 27 years old to lose your career. Wow. I mean, crazy to everything you said because they were working 12 hours a day, six days a week, and weren't even really making a good living. Mm. Um, And in my industry, especially, there is a lot of mindset issue. Um, We feel like to be of service to our guests, we need to do things like deep discount We feel like we're stepping on a senior stylist's toes if we out-earn them. And I saw all of these things happening in my own salon space. And I said, you know, it just doesn't have to be that way. Why can't we all be winners? Mm -hmm. And so I started coaching my own salon specifically and I created guidelines. Nobody in my salon was able to work more than eight hours a day. Um, I did my best as the leader of the salon to help them grow their business. And I showed them that I was a partner in it, that we're going to do this together. But there is a smarter way and i realized doing this on a small scale with my team of about 16 that with just a few small shifts it was like we could really get a grip on this thing and for so many years there's been a stigma in the industry that the hairstylist is broke if you decide to go to cosmetology school you're doomed mm-hmm. it's like well I, I guess she had no other option and and now the majority of stylists i know and coach are like you know out earning their partners can be multiple six figure earners if they're willing to truly become business minded and to be honest, challenge the industry standard. It's, it's tricky to be a stylist who says, you know what, I'm going to shake it up and, I, and I'm going to run a successful business. You're almost um, outcast in a really interesting way. So you have to be brave enough to want to put yourself first to really apply these lessons. And I wanted to empower stylists and salon owners to be brave enough to put themselves first.
0: Oh man, I have so many questions because you guys, we might be using the word stylist, but this is interchangeable with just about anything. Um, I can tell you what we, you know, we have masterminds as well. And we've been in the rooms with, oh God, uh, coaches, um, you know, people who have small businesses. uh, It doesn't matter anytime that you are charging anything. um, I find that there is always the route that you can take where you can become a bit of I I don't know any other way to say it than because I was it. I was a personal trainer for a long time than like a martyr. Like, oh, this is what I have to do. This is my industry. This is just how it is. And it couldn't be further from the truth. And I think a lot of the times the reason that I didn't want to change was because I knew that there was going to be fallout from my community, from the people around me from feeling like, how do I, you know, am I really worthy of what I'm asking for? So I know that you deal with those things all the time. What is the number one, like somebody's listening right now who's a stylist or a coach or somebody else, and they're like, how, where do I even begin? And what am I up against right now? Like, what what can I expect to happen? What am I going to have to push through?
1: And this is difficult. I mean, I had to really realize, and I push my students to, this, to do this too, that I'm in charge of this lifetime for me. Nobody is going to make my dreams come true. I'm in the driver's seat and I may have to let go of the dream that all of my coworkers or all of my peers, or even all of my friends and family are going to love every decision I make. Mm. Um, Something that really helped me was deciding, I call it my top five, but at this point it's become my top three. Like if these people in my life are proud of me, respect me, and we're doing big things together. I'm doing something right. And that top, top five has just become my husband and my kids at this point. And mm-hmm. I, now I'm telling myself, if I do right by me, my man and our babies, I'm, I'm doing okay. And if somebody else doesn't respect those choices, I have to be okay with that. And that was, I can speak to it so easily and clearly now. I'm sure you can too. Mm-hmm. But when I first made that shift, I did lose some relationships And looking back now, those were not healthy relationships. I I mourned those losses, absolutely, but it was the right thing to do and I have no regrets. Mm.
0: That is so, it's honestly, that is literally what I do. And I was thinking of this yesterday and I have a list of people, but then I also have the smaller list just like you have. And I'm like, at the end of the day, you have to do right by your family and what you feel is right by you and your whatever you're connected to, God creator, whatever. And that is it's so freeing because I can look through my history of the past. And I also know that so many people are going to come and go out of your life just naturally, like completely just naturally. And I think that holding on to different things or holding on to people that you know, at any given moment might not be there for you is actually exhausting. Like if they're not, if they're not going to be there for you through this, then it's going to be the next you know phase of growth that you're worried about. Like, having friends or people in your life that you're constantly worried about or tiptoeing around that you're going to lose them if you do a certain thing i think that's where we need to start questioning it so true
1: and life's funny like that there's always these like great equalizer moments where you or i or anybody will go through something hard and and it really does show you you know you know who in your life is truly going to be a constant like who shows up who kind of doesn't check in who actually is there to support you and has your back through thick and thin. And it's through a lot of those great equalizers I've come to really realize, you know, I have to put my health, love, time, my idea of wealth before anything else. And I still do want to serve and be a good friend and be a good daughter and be all of those other things too. But at some point we do have to put ourselves first and foremost, if we want to live our biggest, best life.
0: Mm. So true. Okay, Britt, I want to bounce around to a couple like rapid fire questions just on truths. These are not actual world truths, even though they tend to be. Um, But these are truths for you in this moment. So try not to edit yourself at all. This is just what is true for you right now. I'm so so into this. (laughs) What feels like a truth for you that you have found about business?
1: Mm, A truth I found about business... So what I have found is that I actually don't try to plan too far ahead. I actually try to be very present in the moment I am, I always say a perfectionist in recovery. So I mm-hmm. used to try and plan everything out 365 days, five years, 10 years in advance. And I wanted like a cookie cutter mold for everything. And I wanted everything to be picture perfect. And it was exhausting. And it actually ended up slowing me down and it would confuse me. And if there was a fork in the road, I would feel like I had to throw my whole plan in the garbage. And it was very frustrating. And now I'm, I'm always just taking a look at like, what is happening today? And what is shifting in the world? And what gaps and opportunities are available to me in this moment. And I try to act a little bit more just in the present. And Lori, I can't tell you how freeing it's been for my mind, body, soul, Mm. but also really, I mean, explosive in my business to be more reactionary to what is truly happening versus Mm. trying to guess what's going to happen a year down the line.
0: Man, that's true right now. (laughs) No kidding, right? (laughs) It's so true right now. Okay. Love that. So what is true for you about... Now, quote unquote, I know success means a different thing for everyone, but what has been true for you about when you have felt successful? What has been the truth around finding or experiencing success?
1: Isn't success just such a wild word and journey and all the feels. I know you know it too. (laughs) I did have a very profound moment in 2019. I was um, set to speak on the biggest stage I had ever spoken on. And I was looking out my hotel room window and I actually said out loud, like, this is the moment you realize you have everything you ever wished for. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what, you know that moment. And I'm like, man, we live in our dream home. I couldn't ask for anything more. I have this beautiful family. I'm head over heels in love with my career. I'm attracting beautiful people into my life. And not once, Lori, did I think about the money. Mm. It, it, I have realized that money doesn't drive the success. It is totally personal fulfillment. And if you are doing what you love and, and what you were meant to do, the money comes and the, and the lifestyle builds. But building just a beautiful life around me with beautiful people that, that make me happy has made me feel more successful than anything.
0: Mm. Wow, I love that. You actually just spurred something in me that I was I'll just share it because I was thinking about building my new company and I have not have I thought about an exit and all of those things, of course, like but briefly. And I've thought about building like what is this that I'm building? Like I want to build a community and like almost like a, you know, just show people a completely different way of being in culture and what I want to do. Um and I know like I am certain that if I do that, Everything else will also follow. So, yeah, it's just a great reminder. Like getting really rooted and focusing in on those things and fulfillment that like makes you. Those are your guiding guiding principles. So important to know the numbers, but. Once you know them, let them go.
1: (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. And you're somebody who is obviously incredible at building community, but I I would imagine you would say too that once you start to build a really good community around yourself, it's like a ripple effect. You just start attracting the most beautiful people into your life Mm. and things really do start to come together. I know it sounds so far-fetched until you've experienced it, but it really is like a tiny drop that turns into an ocean. It's really powerful.
0: You know what, Britt? When I stopped looking at women and people as like, I needed them for something because mm. there was a time in my life when I was in that place. Like, I just need to meet this person. I just need to learn this. I just, if they would just see me or recognize me or, you know, let me in their circle. And these are just my deepest, you know, things that I'm sharing that go went on in my head. Like, I really thought that's what it was that would get you to the place where you needed to go. And when I started coming from like, oh, how can I like just be present with this person? I wonder what they need. I wonder how I could help them. Like what would be a fun way to collaborate together where we could, you know, both connect or like have fun getting our message out in the world or whatever that looks like. That is when I became a magnet. The other things I was doing, that was like anti-magnet. What's the opposite of a magnet?
1: A polar opposite magnet. I'm, I'm laughing on the inside because I did the same thing. And I even have people will message me and be like, man, you hang out with some incredible women. How do I meet them? Mm-hmm. And my response is always, that should never be the goal. But, but I mean, the goal should always be very true to yourself. Make real, honest connections. And the universe will take care of you. The people you're supposed to meet will come into mm-hmm. your world so long as you're following that true north. It just kind of all comes together.
0: And I know that people are going right now like, yeah, but how? And mm-hmm. I, I will tell you because I, I was like, okay, yeah, you're saying that that sounds really great, but you still have these you know, friends and you, you still got in here and there. That's like what they think, right? They think right. that you still had an advantage because that's what I thought and i realized and i i write about this in my book so i'd love to hear about your you know how you did it with your community because you have raving fans like they're not just fans they are literally people who you have taught they love you because you have impacted their life and i i know that what happened for me was i had to stop looking at other people i had to see who was around me right now who i could help it wasn't about like Oh, I need this person and this person in my community. Or, yeah, now I need to go look at this person who has more influence to see how I can connect with them. When I would get so focused on that, it's like I would just lose all sense of everything I was doing. It was like, who is in my life right now? Like, who am I next to? Who's at Soul Cycle? Who's like in my current realm of people that I know? And how can we start helping each other? And the craziest thing happened when you start doing that, it's almost like people start to notice that you're doing things for people and with people. And you start to be on the minds and mouths of a lot of people because you're actually helping and making impact in your community because that's where you can make the most impact right away. Um, And that's just somehow, like you said, the people who are meant to meet you will come into your life if you're vibrating at that frequency of like just focusing on giving back to who's around you.
1: I totally agree. And to what you said, I call that seeking. When it's like people are almost so thirsty to make some kind of connection and often they don't even know why. They're not even sure why they feel like they need some specific connection or to Mm. meet a specific person, but they feel like it fills a fills a void or would prove something. I'm not even a hundred percent sure. But to what you said, it is incredible how when you just have an open heart and you want to serve and you believe that those who come into your path are meant to be served by you or you're meant to connect with them, and you just start kind of listening to the signs all around you and making those organic connections, it just builds and the right people are put in our lives for a reason. And if you trust the process and, and don't put a timestamp on it and can just be patient and enjoy the ride, it really does all come together.
0: I think so. I I love that so much. And it's a million percent true. And it's like, I think that it can get overwhelming, I think, in the beginning for people who want their dream like right now. Because, yes. um, you know, we've all felt that way. <laughs> yes. it can be like, okay, then who can I help right now? And and how do I keep track of this? Is there a tracking system? Like, do I have to check in with this person every month? Like, no, just go and do good things and forget about it. And it's no, like, so true. oh my God, because I used to get overwhelmed. I'm like, I like just stuff overwhelms me easy. It's my, it's literally just a, I, I would say character flaw, but it's not whatever. It's just me. Um, But now I realize like, just go and do things without the, in- go and do nice things. Cause it feels good for you without the intention of mm. this might bring me something someday, but it actually usually does. You might do a thousand nice things, but you'll have one that'll just be like, Whoa, didn't expect that one to bring me this amazing freaking connection. And that's just how it works.
1: It's so true. It's like planting seeds and waiting to see what grows and the the right things going to come up through the soil. You just almost can't put too much pressure on what the result will be and just be open.
0: Mm, I love that. Okay. So tell me a truth about relationships for you.
1: Oh man, I have all the feels when you said that. I mean, relationships have been a real challenge for me in my lifetime. As soon as you said relationship, the thing that always comes up for me is my mother. She mm. and I haven't talked since I was 17. Mm. And and it's been this, you know, I can say that I'm I'm good with that and I'm not. It's always been this void in my life. And I think that losing that connection with her has made me very hesitant To connect with anybody. Like if you can't connect with and trust your mother, who can you trust? Mm. And it's, it's made it very difficult for me to break down walls, but in building beautiful relationships and, and still kind of keeping the walls up, but just allowing my heart to show a little bit and being open to connection and trying to practice telling myself that there are good people in the world who want good things for me and want to connect has been so freeing. And in my times of need, I've seen good people come into my life and choose me, You know, choose to make that connection. And I have found that in relationships specifically, the less I try and force it and just let those who truly care for me just come in and bless and release those who don't or don't have good intentions or whatever, I am so much happier. If somebody doesn't want to connect with me, I am truly okay with that. Mm. And it's it's taken work and I'm probably still practicing it. But man, relationships are tricky. And I do feel like I'm a constant work in progress there.
0: Oh, girl, I just relate on so many levels. I've got a lot of just different family members that A, I didn't speak to my mom for a while. Mm. B, I still don't talk to my sister very much. Um, But so many, so many reasons. But it definitely has... Um, you know, and I've made peace with a lot of it. Um, but there are so many different things that come up around guarding yourself. And that's why I talk about what I talk about. So.
1: <laughs> it's so true. It's, do you ever? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you ever feel like, I don't know what the relationship is like with your sister, but do you ever feel like maybe I should open the door back up, but it's almost like opening Pandora's box Always. and you're not sure what's going to pop out?
0: Always. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how except i 've opened it enough now to know that yes. the consistent um, you know the consistent response has been the same so un- unfortunately, while I do start to feel connected the what happens is because it's it 's a lot of religious stuff um it ends up exploding again, so yeah. i've just for now i 've made peace with where we 're at will it change in the future i 'm not sure that would require. Um, some changes around her that I don't know if they will happen or not. But that's just something also like you you have to, it's a real interesting thing to decide to make peace with something really that you are told socially and through your life and you feel it in your guts that you are like, if you are a good person, you should have a good relationship with your family. That can really mess with you. Oh, so, oh my
1: gosh, you're speaking to my soul right now. The tremendous amount of guilt I felt for being a bad sister, being a bad daughter, or I can't believe you would treat your mother that way. I mean, the social guilt is a real heavy thing. But when it comes down to fundamental life issues that you can't get on the same page with, sometimes it really is best just to let it go. Even though it can be painful, it's also very freeing.
0: Oh man. So we're just going to go here for a sec because for me, <laughs> for me it's like, I, I don't, I think there are so many people out there who are dealing with this and I don't think a yes. lot of people talk about it because number one, I still love my family. And I'm not completely like, I want people to know when I'm having this conversation, it's to hopefully free them. And I, I can still absolutely love my family while saying I am very aware that my environment is very powerful, whatever I put myself in. So when I go back to the environment of my family, I immediately weaken because I love them. And I I feel deeply... That I want to do right by them, except doing right by them means doing wrong by me. And why I'm on the planet, in their minds of the agreements that they have made on this planet, and you know, with family, their idea of family values and religion, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't fit for me. Knowing what I'm supposed to do, so for me, I also know I can't serve who I'm supposed to serve or do what I'm supposed to do if I were to fall in line with what they would like for me.
1: Mm, i love that and it truly is one of life's greatest challenges is like can you be okay loving somebody from a distance knowing that they don't accept your choices but knowing that you are doing what you were put on this planet to do who you were supposed to serve and that learning that lesson or grieving that loss or healing that wound or whatever was part of the process like part of the journey that brings us here and respecting that that was a part of the journey it's it's tough it's like a daily a daily struggle right but sometimes it's what we have to do to like like you said, be in that healthy mindset and be in a good space so that we can serve at our highest level.
0: Oh my God, Britt. Well, we're going to move on to the next thing. But before okay. we do, I just want to say that is so like, I you know, I think it's just the moment. And so I'd like to hear your moment of choice because you said it was around what, 17? The I just had this moment where I realized that actually not being me was... I thought that I was living a lie by being me like quietly and doing all of these other things and, you know, not telling them who I was, but I realized not being me was the lie. And that was the moment of like, I can't, this pain of not being me is more intense than, you know, this, I I realized it was flipped. I just, my whole life, I was like, oh, I'm living a lie. I'm not this person they think I am. And I realized that it was opposite. It was just like, oh, I'm living a lie by having them think that I'm not the me that I am. So Yeah, it was kind of a crazy moment. So for you, what was your moment of like, wow, this is going to be the hardest decision I've ever made, but I'm distancing. Do you know
1: what's wild is I didn't realize what my trigger moment was until last year. And I'm sure it's through doing self-work that I realized... At seventeen, uh, I had I had a job at the Ritz Carlton in Half Moon Bay. I was hired as a hostess there, which was a cool job for a teenager. And my mom came in to visit me one day, and she was like, "You know, I'm just so proud of you seeing you work at this, you know, great hotel. And my dream for you is that some amazing, successful man comes in off the golf course, sweeps you off your feet, and takes care of both of us for the rest mm-hmm. of your life." And I thought. F that. That Mm. is so not, you must not know me because that is not the woman I am at all. And it was from that day forward that I decided I was going to be self-made. That's such a word that's resonated with me since then. And I really wanted to be self-sufficient and self-reliant and find my true worth, not dependent on anybody else. And that was, that was like the straw that broke the camel's back from that moment forward. It was very difficult for us to get on the same page. I was making these you know, power moves to be on this quest to be self-made that was not in alignment with being a trophy wife or whatever dream she had for me. And it drove a wedge so deep that we couldn't even... There was, there was nothing to connect over. We mm. were too far off base.
0: Mm, wow! Yeah, there are those moments where. So let me ask one more question around that. No, actually, no, I'm not promising any amount of questions anymore. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> okay. So what? What I'm curious about is was there? You know, in that moment where you like, no way, I want to be self reliant because your idea of relying on someone, the picture that you had seen, like what was that? Did that feel scary? Was she not happy even when she was being taken care of? Like what were you comparing it to to know that that was not what you wanted? It was kind of in
1: that moment that I realized that was her life's quest Mm -hmm. is to be swept off her feet and and carried away by somebody. And you know what? I wasn't mad when she said it. I'm not mad now. It just made me realize we didn't have the same values or vision and that is okay. But I could look back at that moment. She had been married a couple times then. She's been married a couple times since. And she she is on this quest to be taken care of. And I can fully respect if that is the path she's on, that's okay. I'm okay with that. It's fine. But it just wasn't going to be for me. And um, I could see how for my lifetime. Even at 17 years old, it was like she was projecting her dreams onto me, which I know is something that we as parents do for our kids from time to time. But I thought, oh my gosh, I I have to break the cycle. We have to break the loop at some point because this isn't going to pan out. And I I truly think that for her, maybe she didn't feel empowered or she didn't have her own self-worth. And I think that's what drives me as a coach too, is I don't want any man, woman to ever feel like they aren't phenomenal enough to create whatever life it is they're looking to achieve.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay. So I does this bring up for you? Because I kind of went on a bit of a solo thing too. Like, well, I'm going to take care of myself. I won't need anyone because I don't have anyone and I'm going to show you and all of these other things that were going on in my mind. And for a while, it was very powerful for me, right? Like to dig into that type of, I think there's multiple layers of motivation in our life. Sometimes anger is a motivator. Sometimes fear is a motivator and they're very powerful. They get us out of like really shitty situations, but they're not really lasting and they can be really isolating. So for you, have you noticed that this idea of like self-made or taking being super independent and taking care of yourself. How was that translated for you when you've needed people or when you're trying to tell your community, like, man, you got to rely on people in order to create a happy life? Like, how have you danced in that? Man, what a
1: trip that is, right, Lori? So, <laughs> so I did. I was like, I don't need anyone. I'm going to work by myself and I'm not going to connect. I'm a huge introvert naturally. So it would be so easy to just like hide in my cave and I don't know, read books all day. I'm not sure. Um, but <laughs> it wasn't until I started Um, getting out there and joining my first mastermind. Oh my gosh, the terror I felt when I stepped into that room. I, I thought that these people wouldn't understand me. What if I'm too stupid? All of those ideas that run through our minds. I really don't belong here. And it wasn't until I stepped in that room and spent that first retreat weekend with those men and women that I was like, oh my gosh, I mean... I could, I could not do business or life alone. And it was the first time I really felt like I was with people who understood me. Mm. Not that, not that like my, my friends and family don't understand me. They understand a piece of me. I think it made me realize how like
0: multifaceted we are. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Yes.
1: And to have some people who understand that piece of my life and I can have others who you know, know me on girls' wine night, and and you know my my son and my son and daughter and husband who know me in a different way. But to find somebody and a group of people who could support me in my business and in those aspirations has been so freeing. Because now, if my best friend or somebody makes a side comment about how, how what I do is weird or whatever, it doesn't it doesn't bother me because I, I have so many people who do understand me and get me, and I can turn to it's changed everything like finding different tribes to support different facets of my life has been tremendous
0: oh man and that's the power everything that you just said right there um just the sentence of having the people who do understand you it's mm. it it makes everything else like of course it hurts when people don't understand you or you're you know you're misunderstood but when you have people who get you you're like i'm good I'm good. Totally. They, they, not everyone has to get me. So what is something about you that you wish more people knew or understood? Mm. But might be translated, maybe not how you want, even if that's a thing. I don't even know if that's a thing for you.
1: Do you know what's crazy is I actually wish more people knew that I was powerful. Mm. I I think that my students see that and appreciate that. And I know that my husband sees that and appreciates that. But I have, because I am, I think the female in our household, I do allow my husband to be the head of our family. Definitely. It's the dynamic that works for us. I like it. It, it It's great. But socially, I think I am, you know, the little woman and I'm okay. I'm truly okay with it. But just now, in the last few months, even his coworkers or friends or people we meet socially are like "Whoa brit you 're kind of a badass <laughs> and it feels really good and mm. for a long time, I kind of hid behind my own power i was i don 't know if it was ashamed or embarrassed or not sure if it would last something mm. like that maybe um, but but it, I wish more people knew how strong I truly am
0: ooh that 's so good and it makes me, it makes me then question was it is it potentially what you're also afraid of if people knew about you, that you might lose people if you really showed how powerful you were or is that just shenanigans?
1: No, as you say that, I'm like, absolutely, 110%. I think that um, success or people who do things that are out of the box or when you see somebody who shows up in a way that you hadn't perceived them showing up before, people get jealous. They don't know what to do with you, especially when they don't understand what's going on. Um, and it does, it does worry me that people would distance themselves or that it would have a negative impact. And so I think I do just choose to retreat and, and just try and tell myself, like, it's okay. If they don't understand, it's okay. But at the end of the day, it's not okay. I would love it if people saw me for who I truly am, you know, every day.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I, believe me, I had the same... (laughs) Done a lot of self development work, and the thing that always came up for me is owning my power. Mm. And I was so afraid of it because I, number one, I, I, I denying it made me feel ill because I knew what I was capable of doing, and I knew who I could help, and I knew how that would feel. Um, but I was so afraid of it because I thought that if I owned it, I would make people think that I thought I was better than them, and they wouldn't like me. Um, oh, yeah. you know, and my I just desperately even as a kid because I wasn't popular I was you know in a like a super restrictive religion I wanted people to like me so bad it it was my one thing like going into entrepreneurship that almost you know threw me out because you can't do this wanting everyone to like you you'll never ever get your message across so what is something that you feel like you want to share with people around Um, you know, knowing what they're going to be facing when they get their purpose out in the world. I
1: am nodding so much right now. All of those fears and they still exist and I'm continuing to work through them. And it's so easy to say like, well, I don't care if people like me. Yeah, of course I do. Of course I want people to like me. That doesn't even make sense. And so it's easy to say that out the side of our mouths, but that's not true. We want everybody to like us, but I was given some really wise words a few years ago and it was, you'll know you've made it when you have your first hater. Mm you have to be speaking your truth so loud that not everybody agrees. It's like when you have an opinion that is so uh, valid or powerful or deep Some people aren't going to agree with it. And that's when you know you've hit something. That's when you know you're speaking a truth. And that's when you know you're talking about something that is so good that it could be a little controversial. Mm -hmm. And, And that was very freeing because now I don't mince my words. If I feel something, I don't really worry about who doesn't agree. If you don't agree, you don't have to follow me. We don't have to hang out. But those who do agree with me, agree deeply into what you said. It's allowed me to build this tribe. I mean, I was beaming like a proud mama when you were talking about my tribe. The love and connection that my members and my tribe has is like unbelievable. It's second to none. And I believe that comes from me being who I am and speaking my truth and not being afraid to ruffle feathers and, and maybe, you know, lose some friends along the way. Mm-hmm. But, but being true to myself has changed everything
0: for sure. I mean, amen. It comes from the top down. They will do as you do. They will feel good knowing that you won't put up with certain things. Yeah, it's it's crazy like the lives we live are what we tolerate. Um so you uh have seen so many common themes in business because you work with hundreds, thousands of business owners who are coming to you sharing things, you're sharing tips, you're sharing best practices. So I know there's got to be a few themes of where businesses are failing. So I want to know where you see the most common themes of failure in people's businesses.
1: couple of things. Um, I, uh, negative mindset will just kill you. If, if you don't have your mind right, um, it'll be incredibly difficult to achieve everything you're looking for. Self-doubt is a beast and he wants to show up every chance he gets. Um, if you can't handle criticism... Um, If you don't have a healthy relationship with money, those are things that we need to heal as soon as possible. The other thing I see people doing a lot, and I understand why they do it, they don't know any other way, is for lack of a better word, copycatting. You'll see somebody else doing something and you admire it. Like you're like, oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. And before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh, I think I could do something like that. And next thing you know, you're starting to talk about something that you kind of know about or you're offering some services that you're kind of confident with and your Instagram starts to look like their Instagram and you're starting to talk like they do. And the problem with that is it's inauthentic. And as soon as we start being inauthentic, it's first of all exhausting. It's so hard to be fake and not yourself. Too much work. And it's incredibly difficult to be successful and find longevity that way. And it isn't until we really do the work and find what it is that we are meant to do. And what I found is when you find what you're meant to do, it's, Easy. And it's often the thing that people are asking you for advice on. Like, Lori, I wasn't there, but I can imagine when you were a personal trainer, people would get to talking <laughs> about the things that you are talking about now. And it would just come from your heart and come from your soul. And it's like the message was always in there. It was just looking for an outlet to get out. Mm-hmm. And it's it's when you do a lot of self-discovery and you're like, oh man, this, I could talk about this all day, or I could do this specific service all day, or I could hand make these soaps all day. And the way I you know, advertise them is so different. It's like, finding the gaps, finding what makes you special, choosing your own path. And being the trailblazer versus the follower is how we find real success in business. And it is so much easier to pour that heart and soul into it that it needs if you're being your true authentic self.
0: Oh, so true. And I feel like the thing about, you know, when you're finding your authentic self and voice, it's like, it usually doesn't come across like, wow, you struck gold. Like, these are people who have been like, okay, this feels good for me. I'm going to do this every day for a year, for five years, for 10 years. And then all of a sudden people start noticing and you're like, okay, I've been doing this for like 10 freaking years over here. And I think that's where there's a bit of a miss with people is they're like, Hey, I did what Britt said. I started being authentic and nobody liked my stuff. Yep. It's just because you want that.
1: You want, you want the results in five minutes. And like (laughs) you said, it might take five years, but it's the consistency of showing up as yourself and being patient with yourself. I still remember the first time I hopped on a live stream, the only comment I got was, is this seriously all you're going to talk about? You're not good at this. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Had those two, <laughs> Right? And I was like, well, I'm never going to make it. I'm doomed. Right. But the next day I got back on and I was like, okay, I'll talk about something else. And I did it hundreds of times. And so I, until I understood what people really wanted me to talk about. Mm. And until I found my rhythm and I really felt comfortable being myself, which does take take some practice for sure. But it's like you said, that consistent repetition of being bold and and trying things and not being afraid to fail that establishes that framework that that allows you to find that true north.
0: So tell me some uh, business success tips that you know, if people implement them, you see it work.
1: Okay. So this is something that I did wrong in the beginning. So I'm not afraid to talk about it (laughs) is I was the girl who was going to like hop on every free webinar. I was a Google machine. I'm like a researchaholic. I was like, courses, paid trainings, forget it. Who needs that? You must not know me. I can figure this all out myself. That was the slow path. I, I wasted a couple of years doing that for way too long. And I found that once I started investing wisely in courses and masterminds and opportunities, that definitely my business grew, but my confidence in myself really grew. Um, and so I would anybody who is doing any kind of business take an online course, go to a live event, and then actually like talk to people. Mm-hmm. I know when you spoke at my stage, you were saying you know I could easily be the girl in the corner dr- drinking wine and eating off the cheese table <laughs> for the entire night. It's very easy to be that girl, but <laughs> but be bold enough to shake your hand with the person next to you and to have real connections. Um, That was a game changer. And on social media, um, people always say like, what are you supposed to talk about? I don't choose my topics ever. I let my audience tell me what they want to hear more about. So actually my Instagram post today is, how can I help you? It's a graphic card that just says, how can I help you? And if you look, it's filled with dozens of people asking me questions, saying how I can support them. Well, first of all, it gives me a great opportunity to serve my community, which is my favorite thing. It fills my soul. But now I have 50 new Instagram topics, 25 things I can do a a live video about. So just listening to your audience and being in tune to what it is, what their pain points are. If we can speak to their pain points, oh my gosh, it's the easiest way to serve.
0: Holy crap. I love that you said that because it's so many people are like, I got to be the next big thing. Oh my God. She just came out with this. How can I come out with some new thing or some new way of doing something or saying something? I'm like, what does your people around you right now need? Like you don't need to spend time trying to be so different from everybody because we're all the freaking same anyway. But the way that you are going to help people is by your own unique way of saying how you got out of it yourself. And we get so caught up. Thankfully, this is, of all the things that I have done wrong, being a perfectionist is not one of them. Um, <laughs> that's also been, you know, that's also like my Achilles heel. I'm like, let's just put it out. Um, but I'll tell you, like, I know that that's one of the main things for entrepreneurs is getting super caught up in like, I need to do this better or more unique or saying it different. And we just, we spend so much time overcomplicating it when you guys could be Like literally start a business right now on social media and be getting paid tomorrow for something like that you could help your community with, whether it's one-on-one coaching or maybe you could sell 30 minutes of your time for some questions that you know your community has for you. And we just overcomplicate the daylights out of everything.
1: It's so true. I I spent way too many years spending like an hour and a half to create an Instagram post. It's ridiculous. Like nothing should ever take that much time. But I think there's also this um, shift right now where nobody wants to do the deep work. Like you just said, offer a one-on-one call with somebody. And I think right now there's this like rush to scale. Like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm actually just going to create an online course. And it's like, oh man, if you could just spend six months doing the foundational work of taking those one-on-one coaching calls and taking every opportunity you can get to meet for coffee, have a conversation, hop on a Zoom call. Like we keep talking about, connect, like have actual powerful conversations. You will gain clarity so much faster than trying to just force something out there or attempt to serve a need if you haven't already done the research yet.
0: Oh my god, I don't know how to skip that part. Like, right. and I know that you have masterminds, so this is like actually a thing that is out there in every community. So I don't even have to ask you if it's in your community. It's like people right away want to chart, you know, want to start charging for something online or something that they have seen other people with a massive audience who this person has been serving this massive audience and growing it for 10 years and this audience likes them, trusts them, has seen them show up. And all of a sudden we want what this person is doing, even though we don't have anyone who trusts us, follow us. We haven't been adding value to people's lives every single day consistently. So a lot of times people will come into the mastermind, your mastermind too, I'm sure, and be like, okay, well, I want to do this or have this online thing. And it's like, how have you been growing that? Like who's going to purchase it? Who's going to buy it? So what do you think is some of the work if nobody has a community yet, they do want something online or they want to you know, be some sort of uh, influencer in this space or other spaces? What is some advice that you give those people?
1: This is so funny because I was having this conversation with a student yesterday. (laughs) So we're in this period of uncertainty and here's another mistake I think some people are making is they're deciding to jump ship Like business has been going great up until this point. We've hit a bump in the road. It's a big one. And I understand that. But they're like, so I'm going to make a pivot right now. And I'm going to start a digital course. What is my first step? Mm. And and I said, you know, well, the first step is to really be certain that you're thinking long-term, that we're not just making an impulsive decision to abandon our entire career up until this point to pull the trigger on something new. But if if you've done that deep work and you know that you're ready to become a coach or an educator or whatever it is you want to call yourself a speaker, maybe... Um, I said to this person, I want you every day for six months to serve. Mm -hmm. And I want you to do live videos and I want you to show up on social media, even when it's ugly, even on the days when you don't want to do it, because you need to love whatever it is you're going to talk about so much that you can do it every single day for six months. And I said, you're going to talk to an empty room for probably five out of the six. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have to do those that, that hard work in the beginning. Because to what you said, it's that same old story of every overnight success took a decade. I mean, mm-hmm. you and I are here to tell the tale. It's like, we did all of that. If anybody goes and scrolls back in my Instagram, do you ever do this, Lori? I'm such a creep. Oh my gosh. I go back and look at the early years of everybody's Instagram and it's ugly. Like none of us yes. knew what we were doing at all, but we we stuck
0: with it. And that's the key to longevity and success. Please tell me what that horrible filter was that made everything black around the edges that we thought was in the beginning. <laughs> Why, do why would do I that? make my food look that way? Like, I don't know. But l- we did it. Burnt and unedible. It's but we all did it.
1: I'm not sure. And we double tapped. I don't even know. But but that's, that's what we did. And that's how we started. And, you know, I don't know about you, Lori, but I'm still a work in progress. I'm oh, still trying God, to figure yes. it out every day
0: every day. And I Mm -hmm. think that's, that is, you know, the thing about even uncertain times right now, like you and I got on this um, podcast and it was like, how are you? And you were like, I'm great. And I was like, me too. And I was like, wait, we're actually in the climate of, you know, the times, of course, there's so many things going on. And I know that you've had, I'm sure multiple conversations with your husband and your family and, you know, assessing everything that's going on. And I'm sure you felt insanely fearful, just like I have for a time being or however long, um, maybe when you're tired or you're run down and then you make the choice to decide to roll with it and just figure it out. Like it's a really scary thing, but there is no there is no other choice. So what's your mindset around you getting through? You have a family, you have a ton of people you're worried about and look out for. If you let that get to you and you start spiraling, you won't do anything. So what is it that you're doing to stay in a place that could have you still accessing positive answers and solutions.
1: It's so true. And it's so tricky. The night before last, my husband showed me a social media video and I know he did it with the best of intentions, but it sent me into a tailspin. It was one of those very dramatic, overly polarizing videos that really did a number on me. And it sent me into a very negative mindset where I could have easily just shut the heck down and said, forget it. I'm, I'm, I don't know, making a hard left. I I'm not even sure what I would have done. And instead I realized that I am here to serve a bigger purpose that people count on me. There's, you know, the people who live in the four walls of my home. And then there's tens of thousands of others who are expecting me to show up as a beacon of light. And I know that's exactly where I want to be. And I also know that I am going to be okay. There is nothing that I can't endure. I mean, I've gone through some shit and I've always come out the other side. And so I, I often ask myself, like, what is the worst that could happen? Let's say the worst that could happen is we lose our home, we have to sell off our cars and I close down my business. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, I, that would suck. But mm-hmm. I would just pick up and we would start over. Like, I would build something else from the ground up. We could buy a new home. if, if So long as I have... like my core people, like we talked about the top of this episode and I still have my mindset and my willpower, you know, and my, my love of who I am and what I do, I am going to be okay. And there will be a flip side of this. We've been through dark times like this before. It will also happen again Mm -hmm. and continuing to practice gratitude and and not getting so caught up in, to be totally frank, I'm not on social media that much right now. I'm talking to great people like you. I'm reading books. I'm choosing to do the things that make me feel really good. I'm doing a lot of hot tub sessions, like whatever it is that fills my soul and makes me feel good is, mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. And it's keeping me in a really positive headspace. And that is the name of the game, man. Mm,
0: it's That's really powerful because it's... I mean, number one, it's really the only thing you can do if you want to stay positive. Number two, people, historically, what makes me feel better (laughs) might freak out some people, but it truly, if you really think about it, like we have been through times like these before and you make it through and people usually end up writing about how it changed something for like so much for the better. Of course, Mm -hmm. there's so many terrible, tough times ahead, but This is where we learn about what's really important and what you're capable of. And just like you said, I've gone to worst case scenario and been like, okay, we lose our house. We lose our cars. We have to move back to the Midwest. We have to figure things out. Maybe we're in a tent for a while. Maybe there's, you know, what, maybe we have to protect ourselves and make sure, you know, just all of the things. And I've been like, okay, can we do that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's always going to be the upside. There will always be a time when it's going to get better and it could be even better. And it's just, yeah, did we want or expect to experience this throughout history? Probably not, even though it's how history has always gone. So yeah, just staying as positive as possible. And just like you said, I am only staying in positive conversations because when I spiral, because I had one of those moments too, where I was like, oh God, like it was not, it was not good. It was going ugly. Um, I felt that just like change inside of me where you can become scared or fearful or angry or, you know, see people and not the light that you want to see them in that serves you or anyone in your family. And it's like, oh, that's not, it's clearly now a choice now that I've like went to that moment. It's like, I don't want that at all. I don't want to live like that ever. Um, so it's just making that choice in every single moment and what makes you further from that angry person and staying away from that. So it is powerful to be able to, I've just been listening to like podcasts, like of people Mm -hmm. who I know are going to vibrate really high and talking to amazing people and it's totally changed the way I see my day.
1: It's so true. And I love that you just said, what if better comes out of this? Like, what if this is actually a blessing in disguise? It hurts right now. A lot of really good things do hurt in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then it ends up being a catalyst for something incredible. Like, what if we choose that to be our mindset? Oh my gosh, anything would be powerful if we can wrap our heads around thinking of it that way versus getting caught up in the downward spiral. That would just be such a
0: powerful thing. You know, I know already just to share one last thing. Like I know already in my team, like we're using this time to get better and get closer and to talk about so things we true. haven't been talking about. Um like in saying, "Guess what? Like now we're just all very fortunate to have jobs and have each other. So why don't we talk about some of the things that seemed like a big deal before that aren't anymore?" And um we did that today. It was really powerful. It was really hard. It was like a really tough hour for everybody to talk about what's been coming up for everyone. Um, But it was the most powerful thing that we've done. I'm like, wow, that was a beautiful catalyst to be like, hey, we don't know what's coming up next. So what do we want to talk about that we want to get out of the way so we can be in appreciation for each other?
1: Oh my gosh. So I'm putting that in my back pocket. That was genius. I'm 100% doing (laughs) But th- this is ha- been like this amazing magnifying glass of like, okay, what have we been focusing on that actually doesn't matter at all that we've been spinning our wheels about or angry over or having feels over or wasting time on? If we're going to really focus on what needs to be focused on, the list gets really short. It the does. Complaints get short. The list of what we need to actually prioritize gets short. You're exactly right. It's been like such a time of great focus. There's just mm. no doubt.
0: All right, Britt, I could talk to you all day. So, um, but first I need all of the people to know where they can find you, follow you, join your program, all of those things. Cause I'm sure there are some people right now who are like, that is what I need. So give me all the details. Oh
1: my gosh, Laura, you're amazing. So I am at Brit Siva. So it's B-R-I-T-T-S-E-V-A. Basically everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, all the places. Um, I have a podcast. It's called the Thriving Stylist Podcast, but we don't just talk stylist talk. If if you're interested in building and growing a business and positive mindset, hang with me. You'll love it. And if you're interested in growing your business as a stylist, check out thriversociety.com.
0: Amazing. Okay, and I always end on one last question, but I just want to number one, just say thank you for who you are and how you show up and for making my day. Um, And just for the deep gratitude I had to be able to be invited into your tribe and on your stage, like what a freaking honor. You have the most amazing people, Around you because you are so freaking awesome. Um, It was just so clear to me. I walked in and the way that I was treated, I was treated like a total queen. Your people were freaking incredible. I felt so like loved and taken care of, Um, and I knew that that was coming from who you are. Um, So that was just absolutely amazing. So I want to acknowledge you for who I know you are, just by who is all around you and who is in your tribe. Um, and I just, is there any last thing that is on your heart that you want to share with the listeners?
1: I I just want anybody who's listening to know that you were made for big, huge things, whatever that looks like for you. Don't settle for anything less than incredible, no matter what it is you're hoping to achieve in your life. You don't need to feel bad about it. You don't need to worry about what anybody else thinks, like truly choose happy. This is your lifetime to create it. So create it big, no excuses.
0: Mm, I love that. And I always end on one last question. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. You're in an elevator ride. It's literally like only five floors. So it's like 30 seconds, essentially 30 seconds with a total stranger. And they look at you and ask you, How can I make myself happy? What do you say?
1: Oh my gosh. The thing that instantly comes to my mind is love yourself just a little bit more.
0: Mm, it's so beautiful and so true. You guys, if you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with a friend, like literally right now text it to a friend that you know is maybe struggling today or you know just needs to brighten their day or somebody who wants to launch a business just like Brit um, helps people with. So do that right now for me. That is exactly how you can get this podcast out in the world. That is the only way this podcast is actually getting shared is by you guys. And one other thing, If you absolutely loved Brit and you're so grateful for some of the things that she just taught you, make sure that you upload it to stories and tag her and I and let us know your biggest takeaway so that we can share your story. All right, you guys, until next time, burn your happy. Bye, everyone. more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year?
2: Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K A J A B I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start, which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me, also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com that's k-a-j-a-b-i.com hey thanks for listening to the podcast and i want to make sure that you have my phone number and i'm not kidding did you know that i have a community text number for real